What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys are ready to lock in with some turkey and some good pies, mashed potatoes, you know, all that good stuff. Make sure to like and follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Email me at Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This is a big one. It's the week. Rivalry week, Uh, we're going to do top 10 and power rankings as well as my picks for most of the games. I'm going to have a separate pod for the game, both to talk about me as a fan in this game and then also just breaking it down uh, logistically. It's a a fun week. I love this week. I think this might be the first week in a long time that from Friday and Saturday, a lot of my day is just going to be watching college football. And it's going to be great. It's going to be a great day. we got some great games. Um, obviously, the, the highlight being Ohio State-Michigan, which uh, for the rest of the podcast will be affectionately not, – not affectionately uh, – frustratingly called the team up north because I can't say that word anymore. Not during the week. I can't do it. It's the team up north versus the Ohio State University. That is the big one, but there's a lot of other intriguing matchups. Uh, Notre Dame goes to USC in, in a game that I think really has some playoff implications on the line, particularly for USC. Uh, But also, I think how Notre Dame does will really... uh, Notre Dame holds a lot of keys uh, to the castle in this one. Because if Notre Dame beats USC, they're out. If USC beats Notre Dame, that becomes a data point comparing teams, especially if Ohio State loses to the team up north. Then it's, well, who beat Notre Dame better? And Notre Dame's doing better now versus how they were in the beginning of the season. All that, all that jazz. So there's a, there's a lot riding on that game. Uh, the Iron Bowl always has some intrigue in it. I, I know Auburn's kind of a mess right now, but to be to be honest, Alabama's kind of a mess too. And I, I think that's interesting. I think the Penn State-Michigan State game is really intriguing. I think Penn State has a real shot to at least go to a New Year's Six Bowl. There, there's, there's even the possibility of a Rose Bowl. You know, if somehow Ohio State and the team up north both get into the playoff. But they're without Parker Washington probably for the rest of the year. That's what uh, a, a source said. I, I, I forget if it was James Franklin directly, but someone reported that Parker Washington is out for the rest of the season. That is a huge blow. And on the flip side, you've got a lot of... A lot of smoke coming out of Michigan State. I think seven players are charged for the uh, the tunnel antics that happened uh, in Ann Arbor a few weeks ago. 
There's some smoke coming out about Mel Tucker not sharing a $100,000 bonus with his assistants. There's a lot of a lot of stuff. So that game is there's a lot of off the field stuff that's really sad, but it makes that game a bit more intriguing. You have Iowa playing Nebraska uh, on Friday, and that game got a, a little bit more interesting. Sam Laporta not playing in that game due to injury. Uh, I know uh, Lecky is playing, but without Laporta, you wonder. Okay, can Iowa? Iowa has, I think, really turned a corner, but can they, uh, will they be able to, to perform without uh, Laporta? Minnesota, is Tanner Morgan going to play? Is he not going to play for uh, Paul Bunyan's axe? That's actually the game for Paul Bunyan's axe, not the Paul Bunyan trophy, which the team up north of Michigan State play for. Made that mistake earlier this uh, this uh, this year. Uh, sorry about that. And then uh, Indiana, the, the emergence of Dexter Williams at quarterback. Uh, his explosiveness as a runner versus a Purdue team that, you know, when they start trending in the right direction and it looks like everything's going well, all of a sudden they fall flat. And, and you know, there's there's still this possibility that despite the fact that Illinois has gone one and three over the past four games, they've lost three straight. If Iowa and Purdue lose, Illinois can still go to the Big Ten Championship game. So a lot of intriguing things um, in the Big Ten and around the country. So I think there's just a a little bit – there's a little bit more intrigue. And I just – I think Rivalry Week's great. It it, it is what I think defines college football. So very excited for this week. Very excited to see what happens this, this week. I'm going to I'm going to start with my Big 10 power rankings. 14th, uh it's it's the one that's easy. It's Northwestern. They're 1 and 10. They haven't won on American soil. Nothing's changed. Number 13 I've Rutgers. They uh they kept it close for I think a quarter and a half against Penn State. And then Penn State showed why I think they're a top 10 team. Number 12 is Nebraska. As they continue to, to slide, I've got Indiana at 11 after the win, the double overtime win against Michigan State. I still don't know how Indiana pulled that game off. I mean, I know how, but it's just you look at the numbers and you're like, what what the heck happened? 10th, <laughs> um, I have Michigan State. Ninth, I I have Wisconsin, and I know people, but Michigan State beat Wisconsin. Why is Wisconsin? Because Wisconsin's got the better record. I think they're playing a little bit better ball right now. I know Michigan State has a win against Illinois. I know Michigan State had, um, oh, they they I forget who they beat uh, the week after that, or not the week after um, the week or the week after they beat Illinois. They beat they beat someone. I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, my, oh, it was Rutgers. They beat Rutgers, and but that was close. That was a close game. Um, so I, I I've got Michigan State tenth, Wisconsin ninth, Minnesota at eight, and so Minnesota Wisconsin. That's going to be I I think in an interesting game. Wisconsin needs that win. I think to make this season look kind of respectable. And I think Minnesota needs 
a win there to kind of say, hey, P.J. Fleck can still kind of get it done. I have not been impressed. I know that they they Tanner Morgan has been hurt, but I, I'm 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 very disappointed by both those teams. Quite honestly, I think Minnesota and Wisconsin have both underachieved this season. Uh, Illinois at seven. I, I know they they hung tough with the team up north, and I give them a lot of credit for that, but. I, I think we've just seen the limitations of this team the past few weeks against a Michigan State team who got some guys back against Purdue, right? Like, and now the team up north, I think you're seeing, okay, they had some juice early and they certainly have guys, but also they, they weren't maybe as good as we thought they were. Um, and they still, they still have to learn how to win. And that's that's part of it. Sometimes when you lose for so long, you have to learn to win. And Bielema knows how to win as a coach, but these players need to learn how to win. And I think uh, Illinois is, a I think, a good team with good pieces that I think will probably be better uh, in a couple years. I, obviously, they lose some guys. They lose Chase Brown. They lose, they, they lose a bunch of other guys. But... I I think this is a this is a foundational year for this program, so I I think Illinois will be better moving forward. I've got Purdue at six, and I, again I I think I could easily put I could have slotted Illinois anywhere up to five, uh, and, and and I even toyed with them being at four for a little bit, but I I decided against it. I, I, Purdue. Again, I, I think they could be six. I think they could be ninth. I think they could be fifth. I, it's it's that it's that messy middle of the Big Ten, but right now they you know they beat Illinois. They did what they had to do against Northwestern. I would have liked to see a, a bigger blowout, but you know Northwestern has been keeping things close the past few weeks. Um, so got to give them credit. You know they're, they're they're playing with toughness. They certainly haven't given up on the season. Um. So I've got Purdue six. I've got Maryland at five. And they have been inconsistent. When they don't play their, their A game, they play their D game. And they, they're like a bottom five team in the conference. The Maryland team I saw on Saturday was at their peak, a top five team in the conference. NFL receivers, borderline NFL quarterback, Good defensive back play, you know, good personnel on the defense. It's just they, you know, Talia has been hurt. You know, Demas was getting back into the flow of things. And Mike, Mike Loxley is a terrible coach. Like, just to be quite honest, he's a great recruiter. He's an awful coach. But you know what? When they click and they actually get up for a game... I think they might be the most dynamic team out of Ohio, uh, uh, other than Ohio State. And that includes Penn State, who I think their receiving core is really, really good. Um, I, I thought the more I watched the Ohio State-Maryland game back, the more I thought this – Ohio State didn't play their best, which I think we – you know, you could probably say that for every game they've played since the bye week. But I felt like I saw more good from Maryland – than I saw, than I saw just incompet- gross incompetence from Ohio State. Um, 
So I, 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 I think Maryland's really good when they play their A game. They, we just haven't seen it for a while. Um, I've got Iowa four. I, I want to be careful because I still think Kirk Ferentz needs to upgrade his thinking in terms of whether his son should be on staff, whether maybe the game has passed him by a little bit. But Iowa weathered the storm. They are most likely going to be in the Big Ten title game. And their offensive line is gelling. Uh, Caleb Johnson, the running back, uh, who I don't know if he's going to play uh, this week. But he, you know, he's starting to get going a bit. Obviously, Sam Laporta has been great. Spencer Petras looks competent at times. And the defense is just nasty. Uh, Jack Campbell's probably going to win the Butkus Award. So it just, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that the Iowa defense is really good. Won them the game against Minnesota. I, I am a little concerned about their run defense after this past week. You know, Ibrahim went for 260 on them. And, I mean, it was consistent chunk plays, right? So, I mean, granted, they, they sh- there are certainly one-yard, two-yard runs, but there are also 30, you know, 20, 30, 40-yard runs by, by Mo Ibrahim. And that's with a team that, quite honestly, Kalik Manis can't throw. So, but I think Iowa would beat, on most uh, most Saturdays, would beat teams 5 through 14 because of the defense, because of the steadiness that that they've they've gotten. Uh, The top three, uh, I've I've Penn State three. I think Penn State, honestly, Penn State might be a top five team. They're certainly a top ten team, and and I, I don't understand why. They are outside the top ten. That they're eleventh, and I get I get why they aren't, but also I. I have a tough time keeping them out of the top ten, especially with what happened to Tennessee this past week, which might be a a hint of where I'm going with my top ten. I have the team up north at two, and I have Ohio State at one. I, I flipped them back. And a, a big reason why, one is, I, I, I'm going to share a little bit more about this in my separate podcast about the game, but Blake Quorum's not going to be 100%, and I think Michigan, ah, I said it, ah, got to get soap, wash my mouth out. Team up north, team up north, uh, I just, I don't think they have as many paths to victory as as Ohio State does. Um, and I've got Ohio State at one. So I that's not to say I think the team up north can beat Ohio State. And I just because I have that as my power rankings does not mean I'm picking Ohio State to win at this point. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that um, in the podcast that drops Friday morning. National top 10, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go quick. Number 10, I have Clemson. Not, I don't have Tennessee in the top 10. They'd be my next team. Tennessee, I think just losing Hendon Hooker is devastating for them. And to get beat by 25 points against a South Carolina team that's eh, 
you know, I, I just don't think that I, – I think we saw how bad Tennessee's defense was. It just took – it took that type of performance. So I have Clemson at 10. It'll be interesting to see what South Carolina does against them. But I think I think Clemson right now that's a that's a that's a sneaky good game by the way, uh, Clemson and uh, South Carolina that should be a fun one. So I got I have Clemson at ten. I have Oregon at nine. Oregon's playing good ball. They beat Utah this past weekend. I've got USC at eight, and I, I want to address something. I I am a big fan of Joel Klatt. And he got very, very upset at the committee for having US, USC below LSU. Very upset at the committee. As a, this is a flawed experiment. I agree with him. I think the committee is a flawed experiment. I really hope they get away from a committee approach for the 12 and they use some sort of formula. Because I thought the BCS formula was great. Just don't have it at two teams. Um... USC's not the fifth best team in the country. Like, listen, they, they they had a lot of heart to come back and beat UCLA. UCLA is a good team. They're they're a good team. They're not great. USC has beaten two top twenty five teams in U in UCLA and in Oregon State. And you know, they, they beat Oregon State by three. Now, granted, it was on the road. And they beat UCLA by three. And they lost to Utah by one. So three, three, three games decided by three points or less. And it's like it's not like they're they're great. Like UCLA lost to Arizona. And by the way, USC they they want they beat Arizona by eight points. So again, another one possession game. They beat Cal by six points, one possession game. Like these are not good teams. Their offense is great, right? I mean, their offense. They, Caleb Williams is a stud at quarterback. Jordan Addison is is really really good. But listen, I have no problem with the committee ranking them sixth. I think they're worse than that because. They don't have a good defense, and they don't play anybody with a good defense. And you know what? I think Notre Dame's going to beat them this week, even in Southern Cal. Now, if they beat Notre Dame and they beat Oregon, they sh- they should get in the playoff. Like that's that's a no brainer. It should be the Ohio State team up north winner, uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia, TCU if they win out and USC. You know, and if LSU somehow upsets Georgia, I don't really care. USC, Ohio State team up north winner, TCU, and Georgia should still be the four because, like, LSU has two losses and, you know, their their loss to Tennessee looks worse and worse now. Um, you know, Tennessee's still a good team, but I just don't – like, I don't think LSU should get in over – you. Uh, USC if they win the Pac-12 championship. I don't think that that, that would be... That certainly throw a huge wrench in the committee's plans. But I just... USC to me right now hasn't proven 
just anything. Like they just re- like they've proven that they have a really great offense. And and I'll tell you, as an Ohio State guy, the team I want to face the least in the playoff is USC because their offense and the, particularly the matchup. But it's I can't just rank a te- rate a team or rank a team based on one matchup and one strength. You got to look at the whole profile. And so USC's offense is really, really good. I think Caleb Williams is a stud. I think their receivers are studs. But also, I I don't think they beat Notre Dame. I, I honestly don't think they beat Oregon. I think they're going to lose the next two. So, But I've, I've got to respect the record at least. I've got USC 8. I got Penn State at 7. I know their their resume, Penn State's resume is not great. But their best wins are probably Purdue and Minnesota. But... They they hung tough with Ohio State. Obviously, they got blown out by a team up north, but then they've they've handled their business in, in every other place, right? They're deep. That that back seven is nasty, and the receivers. It's sad that Parker Washington's out. But they've got good receivers. Mitchell Tinsley's good. They've got. Uh, good stable of tight ends. Uh, Andre Lambert Smith. They've got guys, and some of their freshmen are just Singleton and Katron Allen, and those boys can play. Uh, Fashanu at left tackle is is probably gonna be a top ten pick. So I, there's just a lot to like about Penn State, and I I know Auburn is not good, but the fact that they out athleted Auburn. Like you know, they they and they've they've beaten Auburn worse than a lot of other teams, including LSU, including uh, I, I mean I think even including uh, oh who am I thinking of? The, the, I I'm gonna look it up later, but. Penn, Penn State, they're very comparable to Georgia in their in their head-to-head with without with Auburn. So I, I think Penn State is is much better than people give them credit for. I've got them at seven. Alabama six. Part of this, and, and this is part of Joel Klatt, Joel Klatt's point, is that how how can you rank them sixth and, and how can you rate LSU based on their win of Alabama and Tennessee based on their win of Alabama? Because Alabama's not who they have been over the past several years. They're not as good this year. And I get that. I think if if I had to pick a game between Alabama and anybody on this rock, uh, on this list, including the teams ahead of them, I'm still not sure if Bama walks away with a win. Because, yes, they, they, they have some flaws. Their defense has flaws. I think Bryce Young is not completely healthy. Their receivers are not as good. I don't know, man. You put, you put LSU and Alabama back on the same field, I think Bama probably wins. Then you put Alabama against Penn State, I think Bama probably wins. Then you put Bama against Michigan, I think, I think Bama probably wins. Better than TCU, I think. Um... I think Ohio State and Georgia might, and, and maybe USC because of their explosiveness, 
might be the three teams that I'm like, uh, I'd, I'd probably pick those three teams 55, 60% of the time, a little bit, maybe a little bit more. But I, uh, Bama, Bama talent wise, you know, they've lost two games by two points. Or, well, they, they lost one in overtime, and then they lost another one in overtime by a point. And it was both on the road. So, is Bama playing great right now? No. They're still... I, I wouldn't want to play them, right? So, I got Bama at six. LSU at five. And listen, they have not looked great. You know, they struggled a little bit against UAB. Really struggled against Arkansas. But, they, they I mean, you can't take away their, their win against Alabama. I mean, that's just a, it's a great win. You know, they beat Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss isn't great. But, you know, they beat Mississippi State. Their only other loss is to Florida State by one point. Honestly, that doesn't look all that bad right now. So, I, and, and just for context, five through ten, you're trying to sort out, like, who, that, you know, a lot of mess, right? Like, there's there's not a lot of one-loss teams. The only one-loss team that I just talked about, uh, sorry, the, there's two one-loss teams here, USC and Clemson. And listen, if I put USC and Clemson in the SEC, they each have at least two losses, right? Because the ACC stinks, and the Pac-12 is, is okay, but they don't play any defense. And so it's... You know, for everyone saying, well, LSU shouldn't be fifth. That's SEC bias. No, it's the SEC plays defense. Goodness. Like, it's... I, I, so I, I think you just have to, you have to understand. And, and maybe there's a little bias. You know what? The Pac-12 has to earn it. And so does the ACC because both conferences stink. They stink. All right? And you can say what you want about the Big Ten... But, like, Ohio State has a pretty big feather in their cap with Notre Dame. I know the team up north hasn't played anybody, but the teams that they're supposed to beat, they beat and beat down. Okay? So, uh, Forest, TCU, I don't think that's all that surprising. Right? They're undefeated. They find ways to win. Number three, team up north. Number two, Ohio State. I describe, I explain why I have one ahead of the other. And then Georgia, number one, who struggled with Kentucky. By the way, I, and I just want to make this clear, it is hard to win every game. And it is hard to win every game by double digits. And that's why you see it. You don't, you don't see it all the time. By the way, the only team that has won every game by double digits is Ohio State. Not even Georgia has done that. So I, it, it's hard. You know, I'm like, what? You know, what? But TCU, I give a lot of props. I know they haven't played a lot of great teams. But, you know, Texas has got some talent. Kansas, you know, they, they beat Kansas State. They beat, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, okay teams. And it's, you know, same thing with, you know, I think the Pac-12 is probably a little better than I'm giving it credit for. The thing that I, I just 
TCU has not lost, and so they deserve the right to be number four. USC lost, I know by a point, to Utah, and Utah's a decent team. But, like, I... I, there's nothing in USC's profile that screams to me, oh, they're definitely better than LSU. They're definitely better than Alabama. I think their offense gives them a shot every every week. But like I think I think they're kind of like Tennessee. And listen, whether Hendon Hooker went down or not, Tennessee was going to lose that game to to South Carolina. So this has been a very long top 10 power rankings. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, picks for rivalry week. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Again, happy Thanksgiving to y'all. Hope you guys are enjoying the day. I hope that this is just a welcome uh, part of your morning as you prepare the turkey. Just, just so y'all are aware, I'm throwing my turkey in the smoker. And we're going to enjoy that with some sweet potato casserole and some mashed potatoes and Brussels sprouts with bacon in them. Mm. Get some pecan pie. My my uncle and aunt are visiting from Virginia. There are these pies from a bakery called Ucrops. Chocolate cream pies. Oof. It's going to be good. I hope you guys are enjoying time with family and friends. And I, I just praise God that you guys would, would spend, you know, 45 minutes listening to some, uh, some rando in Pennsylvania talking about his thoughts about Big Ten football. So thank you for, for take, taking this opportunity. Make sure you, you think of how you have been blessed and, and how you can be thankful. Thankfulness is good for the soul. Um, in fact, the Bible even says... Uh, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks always, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There's just a real real joy, uh, and, and it's good for, for your soul and your heart to be thankful, and especially to be thankful to God. So uh, I hope you guys are grateful and thankful that you can think about what has been, uh, what have been the good things, and uh, certainly a feast around a table with family and friends would be one of them. So... Let's let's talk about Friday, Nebraska at Iowa, 4 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Iowa is a 10.5-point favorite. I do wonder if that line will go down because Sam Laporta is out. And this, man, Iowa has, has been on a roll. Lately, right? Like Iowa has played. Granted, they only scored thirteen points last week, and the the last field goal was predicated on Jack Campbell making a pick, making a Butkus Award finalist play. So you know, good for him. Spencer Petrus has been better, right? And Nebraska's defense is not. I mean, they're terrible. I mean, they they allow four hundred and twenty seven yards. Uh, combined, and it's it's I mean, 232 yards to the air, 195 yards on the ground. Again, I'm not sure if, if Caleb Johnson is, is playing this week. Obviously, Laporte is not playing. Nebraska, it's at Iowa. I, I just don't... I, I want to believe in Nebraska and Mickey Joseph, but 
even with Laporta out, I think Iowa's offensive line has gelled. I think the defense, you know, defense is key, especially in rivalry games. I just don't think Nebraska is going to be able to move the ball without turning it over. And so I I like Iowa to win this game. I think it actually might be a little bit more lopsided because of the turnovers. So I've got Iowa winning 27 to 10 covering. Again, I think a big part of it is Iowa's at home and I just I just don't think I think Nebraska's ready to be done. Like I just don't think you know things have been sideways for a while. I think Nebraska's ready to be done. I think they're ready to get a new and I think Mickey Joseph has done a great job, but listen, you know, heartbreak loss to Wisconsin and that was after losing by 31 to Michigan, losing by 7 to Minnesota. I just I think Iowa's going to I think they're going to clinch. So Tough season for Nebraska, three and nine. I think Mickey Joseph has acquitted himself well, but ultimately, I think they got to go in a new direction. And I think Iowa gets to their second straight Big Ten West, uh, gets their Big Ten second consecutive Big Ten West championship, second berth in a Big Ten championship game. And I, I will say this: unlike last year, where Iowa was fading down the stretch, Iowa is starting to peak a little bit down the stretch. And while I I think whoever wins the game and the, the East, I, I think the game might be a little closer in Indy. So let's flip the script to Saturday. 12 o'clock, Big Ten Network. Rutgers at Maryland. I don't know who's going to watch this game when Ohio State and the team up north are playing at noon. No offense to Maryland and Rutgers. I'm not going to do much checking in on this game. I'm just just saying. I think if the version of Maryland that showed up against Ohio State shows up against Rutgers, I think Rutgers is in a lot of trouble. I think I think Maryland, you know, with Tungavailoa healthy, Hemby is playing well. I I think the receivers are playing well. Give me Maryland. 35, Rutgers 16. I think Rutgers will be able to move the ball a little bit, but I think they're going to have to settle for field goals a lot. And I think it'll be close early, and then Maryland pulls away in the second half. Um, 3.30 p.m. There's no channel. I would imagine it's a Big Ten Network overflow, uh, but there's no channel listed at this point. It's Illinois at Northwestern, Illinois is a 14.5-point favorite. The over-under is 38 points. I, I would probably pick the under. It, it, I, I think Illinois is probably ticked. They're, they're, they're ticked off. You know, Brett Bielema came, up, came out after the game and he's a little feisty about the refs. I think he had some good reason to be. I I like Illinois to win this game. I think it'll be low scoring. I think I don't think Northwestern's gonna be able to move the ball all that much. I I've got Illinois twenty four, Northwestern nine. Again, I don't think I I think Illinois defense 
is is a bad matchup for Northwestern. So again, under under that thirty eight, I think Illinois covers barely, but I think Illinois gets it done. Also at three thirty, this is on ESPN. Minnesota at Wisconsin. Paul Bunyan's axe on the line. Wisconsin is a three point favorite. I don't know the status of uh, Tanner Morgan. This is such a hard game to pick. Wisconsin's at home, but I just don't trust Graham Mertz. I really don't trust Graham Mertz. And, like, DK is is decent at receiver. Oh, my gosh, this is a hard game to pick. Because I think both teams are inconsistent. I think both coach, you know, Jim Leonard's new and PJ Fleck, I just I feel like I never know what I'm going to get with him. And so I Braylon Allen's a little dinged up. So it's it's him and Chesmalusi and their other their other backs. I'm going to I'm going to pick Minnesota. I think Ibrahim he he's so good. I two hundred seventy seven carries, fifteen hundred and twenty four yards, nineteen touchdowns. He's been the heart and soul of that offense all year long. I I think Wisconsin's defense isn't as it's it's certainly not as good as Iowa's defense. And while it is at Camp Randall, I I think Minnesota's defense is sneaky good and. Graham Mertz against sneaky good defenses is not good. And so I I like the running ability of the quarterback in Kalik Manis. And I, I think Minnesota gets it done. I think it's, it's another low-scoring game. I've got Minnesota 20, Wisconsin 13. Minnesota, uh, I was going to say Minnesota covers. They don't have to cover. Um, if they went out right. So I've got Minnesota winning there. Old Oaken Bucket in Indiana. Purdue at, at Indiana. It's 3.30 kick on the Big Ten Network. Purdue's a 10.5 point favorite. And this is another one of those games where I'm like, Purdue should win this. I'm going to pick Indiana to upset. I, I think Williams... Adds a different element. They can't really throw. I mean, he's two of seven last week against the worst, one of the worst secondaries in the conference, maybe in the country, right? They can't throw. But Tom Allen is feisty, and Purdue and Aiden O'Connell get into ruts where you're like, you should have won this game by way more than you did, or you should have won this game. Why didn't you? The game against Syracuse, right? Um, there are several games that Purdue has been in this this year that I'm like, why did you lose that? Or why weren't you as dominant as I thought you could be, right? You know, they struggled against Florida Atlantic. They, you know, they did beat Illinois, good for them. And they followed up with an eight-point win at home against Northwestern. I get it. It was a, it was a big win to beat Illinois, but I just... And I don't think Indiana's great, but they haven't quit. And I think 
a team, I think a Tom Allen team against the wall is, is not a team that you want to face, especially when you don't have the talent advantage, right? Like Purdue has more talent right now than Indiana, but Indiana's got some guys, Desan McCullough, uh, Taiwan Mullen on defense. And like Charlie Jones is a really good receiver, but he's not like he's not Marvin Harrison. He's not Parker Washington. He's not I, I think Indiana can cover him. And I, I just it's it's at Indiana. I know it's not much of a home field advantage, but I I, I think Indiana gets it done. I think Purdue gets knocked out by in out of the Big Ten West race by Indiana. Um, so even if Iowa loses, well, at that point, if Iowa and Purdue both lose and Illinois goes to the Big Ten Championship game, I, I, I've got Indiana upsetting Purdue uh, 23-21. to 21. I think it's going to be low scoring. I think Indiana's defense is going to come to play. And I think it's gonna, they're going to frustrate Purdue. And then 4 o'clock, Michigan State at number 11, Penn State. On FS1, Penn State is an 18.5-point favorite. There's a lot of turmoil at Michigan State. Michigan State needs a win to be bowl eligible. Penn State probably needs a win to go to the New Year's Six. I I think even without Parker Washington, I think Penn State has too many weapons, and this Michigan State secondary is... they They are not a great unit, right? And so it's senior day at Penn State. I think if this were at Spartan Stadium, I might I might give more consideration to an upset here. But I think I, I think with especially with all the turmoil going on with Mel Tucker, with with the with the the players being charged, I just don't think it's going to end well for Michigan State. I think Penn State's going to get a lot of big plays. Mitchell Tinsley, Lambert Smith, you know, they got some wiggle to them. I think the running backs, listen, if, if Michigan State had had trouble with Sean Shivers, they're going to have a lot of trouble with Singleton and Catron Allen and, and all those boys. So, I, and I think Michigan State's receivers are good. Like Jaden Reed's good. Keon Coleman's good. This is the best secondary they've faced all year. And so it's it's not even a good matchup for their offense. Um, so I, I like Penn State. I like them big. Even without Parker Washington, I, I'm going to say Michigan State – or I'm going to say Penn State 38, Michigan State 17. I think it's a 21.1. I think Penn State covers. And that's it. I mean, there's there's certainly no other games, right? Besides those. Oh yes, right. The big one, the the one for the whole enchilada playoff implications, Heisman implications, uh, Big Ten East implications, uh, legacy implications. You have to stay tuned for the Friday morning podcast. So this has been the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Again, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy. God bless.